0: And welcome back to another brand spanking new edition of the Sunday Card. We have done the entire gamut. We have done all eight divisions of positional rankings for the entire league, for the all the divisions, as we've said. Dan Zampana, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracom. We've done it all, but we kind of need to put a bow to this positional rankings series that we've been doing all summer long and put a bow on this damn heat that we just keep going. We need football. Well, guess what, folks? The season has begun. Preseason has started. We had Jaguars, Raiders. We had football last week. Training camp stories afoot. Who's bad? Who sucks? Who needs to be traded? Who's starting? Hard knocks is coming up. And preseason football begins this Thursday as we record in a Tuesday evening. Maddie, let's get, as they say, into the thick of it.
1: We were just saying before the show, like I said, get rid of the heat. We're ready for football. We're ready for the fall. I, I know that Lou and myself, we have been mocking. We have been deep into 14, 15, 16-round mock drafts that don't count. That's how badly we're ready for football to be back. We're just... We're just making up imaginary teams that go nowhere. We already have imaginary teams during the season that don't actually do anything. We're just making imaginary, imaginary teams. That's how much we're into this. You so are,
0: you, You're like Marty Bennett. You just go to the imagination factory. That's what you do.
1: Yeah, that's all it. It's, it's it's a wonderful, whimsical world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that we all have created in this, in this beautiful show called the Sunday card, Maddie. I love it. I'm so excited uh pats giants kicks off preseason thursday night aside from jaguars raiders uh from last weekend what did you like you know i wanted to ask you obviously we saw that game and you know it was great to see football but what is like the most interesting camp thing that you've seen twitter wise you know like something that you know gets overblown in the most worst way
1: well, it's funny. I, I did watch that. I watched a little bit of that game. I was at like a company outings. So we, we were at the bar, and, and but we did have an honest watch with a couple of people. And my first thought was when I noticed that Josh Jacobs was carrying the ball early and I said, what, what is Josh Jacobs getting like first team reps in the Hall of Fame? Is Josh Jacobs in trouble? Like, is he getting traded? And then that kind of was a storyline this week. And that was, I, I think that was just dumb people like me. Like I saw Josh Jacobs get the first carry in that game and I'm like, Should be there, should be third stringers out there. Why is Josh Jacobs on the field right now? Like, how much is he getting traded? So, that would that for me has been it. Uh, and I'm gonna go let you go, but I have another one if you don't say it because it's interesting.
0: Mine is really funny. It's Daniel Jones is getting waxed, all waxed on Twitter for throwing one terrible pass, and like every but it it really hasn't been one terrible pass. He's actually he went
1: he went apparently five for 15 in a scrimmage in practice.
0: Was that 11 on 11? I want to know because every day I go on Twitter and I see a team post a video of like AJ Brown catching a pass in like a sick way, a one-handed catch or Tyree kill getting a 65 yard bomb. And I'm like, and the sky is like lighting up. Twitter's lighting up. And I'm like, they're not in pads. like (laughs) No pads. It's a one-on-one. Like, of course, Tyreek Hill's going to win a one-on-one. Like, I, I just I get just so perplexed. But that Daniel Jones one, um, there was a really funny just Twitter one, I'm just going to point out, where Case Keenum, like the backup of the Bills, pretended to just be like a fan. He put like sunglasses on and was trying to get autographs from all the players without them noticing it was him. And it was a really, really funny video, and he just pranks them all. But outside of that, like I'm trying to ignore all like the dumb team put outs and focus more on what like the beat writers are saying, of course, in new England, that's, you know, huge right now with what they're doing, but um, no, it's been super fun. Um, a couple of guys in the trade block, apparently Roquan Smith, writing this like giant letter to the bears saying that he wants to be traded. So, you know, there's a lot going on.
1: That one makes sense to me. Is, is it true or false? Did Kareem Hunt request a trade?
0: Yeah, that's true too.
1: Okay. I, I again, that's the thing, John. when we're sifting through this stuff, it's, it is hard to hear what's noise and what's made up especially when you're viewing it on on the Bluebird. So uh I wanted to make sure that that's real. That seems crazy to me. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So uh, yes, that, a lot of noise. I'm in a battle with a guy in my dynasty league right now to get Ernest Johnson. Like we are like we are in a cap room war like going at it. So that doesn't get more football than that. Fighting in dynasty leagues over third string running backs. Uh we've been discussing a lot of third string running backs over the summer. And we're going to get into our NFL positional rankings, the entire league, in this episode. We've done AFC East, North, South, and West, NFC East, North, South, and West. Now we're getting the entire gamut of the NFL. By the way, let's say hello to, uh, I know it's been long-winded, but Lewis, like, welcome back, my friend. What's up, buddy? How are we doing? I keep seeing
2: my Jets team uh, fall apart. Uh, Oh, my God, my guy's
0: I didn't Um, want to say it, uh... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, it's the Jets. What do you want? What do you want from me? This, oh. You know. It the,
0: really is. It, yeah. The kings of bad luck. The, the goddamn it. Jets.
2: It's us from the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. It's. And the Lions. Yeah. It's like those three teams consistently just. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What are you going to do? That's it. What are you going to do? By That's the way, me. that that and Nikhil Harry also getting hurt for the Bears. The least surprising headlines of the uh, of the, was was uh, it uh, on the
1: season. was it on the drastic overthrow by Justin Fields? Another thing I saw on Twitter, <laughs> yeah.
0: Another guy getting absolutely murdered in uh, in camp. Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett are giving are letting uh letting Mason Rudolph give him a run for their money now. Like, holy cow! We're hearing, that's a bad quarterback playing. Oh
1: man, the noise is out there.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Let's get into it. Let's get into the NFL positional rankings. Matt, uh, this was difficult. I think I I didn't change my mind on anything in terms of like having teams that I had previously had ranked ahead of other teams because there really hasn't been that many significant injuries in the offseason. Um, I know the Bucs had Ryan Jensen go down. and obviously the Jets had Mekhi Beckton. Um, but n- nothing really has affected uh, what my rankings are for quarterbacks at all, running backs, pass catchers, defense, coaches, as we've been doing, but we are going to mention honorable mentions because I, we are going to do top four. But I do want to know the teams that were in your consideration. So, uh, you want to go first? Should we flip a coin? I don't know, pick or punt? Can I say that? Like, bring it back.
1: Uh, I'll go first here uh, on the quarterback okay. position. Okay, and I don't know. I, oh man, again, this is I just this one. I feel like I don't know if you had to do research for this one. This one feels like something that we just. We just talk about it a lot, and mm-hmm. I, but I did end up doing some research to try and split some hairs here. Okay, so if we can get into this, I guess I already—I already think Lou's going to scream at me at the end of this. I already know. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: number number one, we'll start at the top. Aaron Rodgers, well documented on the show, back to back MVPs. I was just going into some of the stats. I mean, it's just the man's insane as far as just completion percentage above. 66 between 66 and 75, 70 percent is like constantly a seven percent touchdown rate where he doesn't have the yards that everybody else does, but he's just so damn efficient with the ball. You don't have to throw it a thousand times. That's why I was trying to get in the stats last year. It's like, wow, Brady. How did Brady not win the MVP when you look at the yards and the touchdowns? But he threw the ball like 600 times. So yeah. when when you throw the ball like around 500, like Rogers does, and you're just hyper efficient with it, it all makes sense. So Rogers number one, followed by the man I just said. Brady number two, because again, if you are 42 years old and you can throw the ball 650 times for like a 67% completion percentage, you're still pretty damn good at the game. And you still, you know, I, I just still think the Brady of today is souring anybody who says that back in the day, all he did was think and dunk the ball and hand the ball off mm-hmm. to win those championships. Cause guess what? This man could sling the damn rock again, over 650 times in a season. and be very efficient at it. Number three. I have Josh Allen. I did say he's ready for an MVP season this year. Yeah. I take Josh Allen. I understand. I don't know if his season from two years ago is maybe his best season of his career. It could be. Again, we don't know. And it feels like it could be a little bit of an outlier season because his completion percentage did come down a little bit. But he is the best combination of at least rushing and passing My this decision. There's a lot of rushing quarterbacks now, but he does bring – a really solid passing attack, along with the weapon that he is with his legs in the red zone specifically and on short yardage situations, makes him such a valuable asset at quarterback. When you can have a, 10 other guys up there basically in a tight formation and block form, and he could just run a, like a fullback at the line, I think it's invaluable. So I will I put Josh on there for a little bit of that factoring the rushing in. And number four, I put Matt Staff.
0: Why wow. think that
1: Matt Stafford last year – Matt Stafford has been very good for his entire career. This is where I lose Matt because I said earlier that something was going to happen. Matt Stafford, we've known he's been good his entire career, and he's had crap teams. I mean, you can go back to when he had Calvin Johnson, obviously, and he was throwing for a ton of yards back in 2011, 2012. But anytime he's played 16 games, he's throwing for over 4,000 yards. But, again, I don't want to get too much of the yards. That's about usage and attempts. He's always above 65, again, above 65, 66% completion percentage. And last year was his record high that he's had against since back for the past eight years. He had his best year with McVay. And I just think the way that Rodgers has won two MVPs late in his career, because he's in a better system now with his coach, I I don't see how it's not possible that Matt Stafford, I think, as a 34-year-old, just turned 34 after the Super Bowl that he won last year, cannot – have his 34 to 38, 39 years old, those next five years, be the best five years of his career. And he had an unbelievable year last year. So I don't see, I think now that he's in the right situation, we've always known he's been very good and he's, he's very efficient as a quarterback. I think that he's now in the right spot and place that this next stretch could be the best stretch of his career and lift him into a hall of
0: fame career. So with this list, are you kind of projecting? And, and, and I guess my, my my premise and trying to get to you is this. Is this the most likely MVP list right here? Like, is that your list of this? Or is this still in your mind just projecting 2022's season quarterbacks the best ones?
1: The the latter. The latter. because I, 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 I do think I'm very interested to see. I, I know you've you've had things to say about Mahomes in the past and how obviously, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get that's the big name that's being left off here. His completion percentage, again, looking back over the past few years, it's not as – he never leads the league. Again, he leads the league in yards, attempts, but, again, that's usage. That's the offense. That's what they're doing. They're just – they don't care. They'll they'll take a lot of bad plays for the big chunk plays. And his numbers now, this year without Tyree Kill, his numbers from the time playing with Tyree Kill and playing without, there's a drop-off in nearly every category in, in, in touchdown rate, in yards, you know, uh, yards per attempt. They all go down when he's not playing with Tyreek Hill. And I really wonder, again, a man whose highest completion percentage over his entire career is 66%, which is at best 10th amongst quarterbacks with, you know, a solid number of attempts in those years. Like, is he the one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he's finishing as like 10th most accurate? And I, I know he wins games and I know that he's, he's got big playability, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm very interested to see
2: how he plays without Tyreek year.
0: Lewis, I want your reaction to that before we discuss further. It's not my list, <laughs> of that. course not.
2: I just leave it at that. It's it's not my list. I if you give Patrick Mahomes that Rams team, he's winning the Super Bowl too. So that's and it's yeah, it's not my it's not my list.
0: Go on, go ahead. Is he winning the Super Bowl? I think there's an official. Again, I, I think you have to factor in the idea of marrying the coach with quarterback. I think Mahomes is married to a perfect situation with Andy Reid, 100%. Stafford's married to McVay in a perfect way. I mean, we've been waiting for Stafford to get with a head coach. Now, Stafford's not on my list, but, and and more of the reason being is Think the old Tommy John starting to get to him a little. I'm getting a little nervous hearing about That's what elbows. I was gonna say, too. He's you got know? elbow problems in camp right now. Okay, you know?
1: again, again, okay, we can listen to the noise, we can listen to the we noise. We can listen to the noise, <laughs>
0: the blue bird is tweeting. <laughs> to the noise. Boy, I, I love it. Uh, I guess I'll just get my list out of the way here. We're not gonna disagree on Rodgers and Brady. Um, I kind of took them to and put them in their own thing, you know, because I I I they really are the upper echelon group of this whole thing. And I kind of separated. I'm like, well, Rodgers and Brady were really splitting hairs on Rodgers and Brady. So I did do the whole quarterback room argument in this situation. I do think that Rodgers is a better quarterback than Brady at this point in his career. But I will put Tampa Bay's quarterback room over Tampa, over Green Bay. Because if Rodgers goes down, they are screwed. I mean, they have Jordan Love and Danny Etling. Okay. If you don't know Danny Etling's seventh round pick of the Patriots. Like in 2018. Um, that's why you never heard of them. Uh, but Brady having Blaine Gabbard back there and Kyle Trask and, and other guys, again, we're gonna split hairs on Brady and, and Rodgers. I went Tampa, Green Bay, also the fact that Rogers is gonna be dealing with a lot less weapons this year than he had in the past. Um, losing Devontae Adams is huge. I will throw Tampa Bay a bone and put Brady ahead of Rogers in this category. If we're doing that, um, I had Joe Burrow number three and that's where I'm, that's where I'm putting them. I've been convinced. I think Joe Burrow has a better argument than Matt Stafford in the sense that he really is a similar player to Matt Stafford, probably better outside of the pocket than Matt Stafford. However, much younger, much more vibrant, much more, I think, at this point in his career, ready to explode for MVP-type seasons with young players that are elite, receiving talent. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is primed to have an excellent 2022. I think he's in the right position to put up better numbers than he did last year. He was second in the league in passer rating last year behind only Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had, what, the second or third highest he's ever done, and, like, Nobody has beaten that except for Aaron Rodgers of two seasons. So like, I can't put him above Aaron Rodgers, but uh, Burrow with a viable backup quarterback and Brandon Allen as well. In case he went down, he could go down for three games. He could carry the load, but Burrow is just, I think Burrow's the guy. I think even more so than Herbert. I think Burrow's the guy at this point right now as the ascending player. And it just may surprise you, but I did put Josh Allen number four. So that may surprise you. So Patrick Mahomes is not on my list either. And the reason I say this, obviously Josh Allen has had, and this is driving people nuts, I'm, I'm sure. Just staring at Lou. <laughs> We're just a Patrick Mahomes, the, the freaking Prince of darkness is being shoved in the eighth circle of hell because Josh Allen, like it or not, is probably maybe outside of Lamar Jackson, the most athletic quarterback in the league right now. However, much better passer, much better thrower, especially outside of the pocket, um, Bigger guy he's built like a linebacker We all know the things about Josh Allen Um, Mahomes was like In my honorable mention list but the reason being Is I have the same Discrepancies as you is is he going to be Patient enough without Tyree kill without a Burner without an extreme Weapon is he Going to decline this year again As he has been every year since he Has been playing and I get his decline Even his off years are Really good but he is On a lower trajectory Joe Burrow is on a much higher trajectory right now. Josh Allen is on a higher trajectory right now. And I am going to predict the same as Maddie is that accuracy is not necessarily his forte. Passer rating is not necessarily his, you know, forte. He puts up a lot of numbers, but this, this offense is going to look different. And I think they'll have to adjust in a lot of ways and be even more creative. And I trust Andy Reid to do that. It doesn't mean they're going to be a bad team, but I am going to put the Josh Allen Buffalo Bills ahead of them. I did have other honorable mentions, KC the Chargers, the Rams, Mr. Russell Wilson, let's ride. How do you feel about Russell Wilson being the biggest joke meme of the offseason? Sunday car, let's ride. Sunday car, let's ride. <laughs> uh,
1: I I do love it. I, I love it. Because I, I don't even know if he knows he's in on it. And that's, that's the beauty of Russell Wilson. And, and the allure is he is – Again, the word I come back to is a goober. It's the only thing I can think of to describe him. He's just a real goober. Um, But he's my quarterback now, so let's ride. Um, And yeah, I mean that's that's the honorable mention list right there. Again, I I, Herbert Burrow. I did kind of get into. Let me look at past seasons. Let me look in consistency. Are these outliers? Again, I'm just trying to have a little bit of footing going forward. But again, obviously, you said Burrow seventy percent completion percentage last year. I mean, unbelievable Mm -hmm. accuracy. but also has all the weapons of the world. And, you know, so it's it's trying to take away some of the other parts of the game while, manage, while, at, while assessing just his game, which is nearly impossible. So it's it's hard to see that, you know, we kind of make up these scenarios in our head of where we count things and where we don't count things. But, yeah, Herbert Burrow just on the outside of my list. Obviously, Mahomes just on the outside of that list. But, again, when we're only giving four, I got to give my four. So oh, that's I, it. I, I did want to do honorable mention, very last – dead last we're only ranking top four and then I want your 32nd and I think uh, it's Danny Dimes I think Danny Dimes I think the Giants really I think Danny Dimes get him out of town <laughs> I think Jimmy G is coming to New York now talk G about has to be coming to New York
0: talk about listening reading through the tea leaves on Twitter
1: I know because I, just when we did the breakdown line. I was like they might have a chance but guess what I mean I he's bad he's bad
0: but he's not as bad as Mariota and Ritter. I mean, that can't <laughs> be. He's. Terrible. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's a bad. <laughs> like, right. I also threw your boy Drew Locke in there. Drew oh, Locke. that's true.
1: Like, I think Seattle's probably know. this. Cheeto and Drew Locke is definitely that. I think What's we worse. Just named, we just named 30, 31, and 32. We did. We did. We just did a quick bottom three. Okay. Okay. That's your okay. Honorable us move on.
0: Get out. I mean, yeah. Oh, one more honorable mention. Lou's guy. Lamar Jackson? Yes. Right.
1: Yeah, you know, he's such a hard case where you're like, we're ranking quarterbacks, but, like, we also have a running back. <laughs> like, he's he's also just a really good running back that throws the ball a lot of, a lot of
2: the time.
0: Lou, is Lamar Jackson the top of your list?
2: Top four? Uh, no, he wouldn't be, but he'd be right there. Honorable mention. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have taken Matt's list and instead of Stafford, I had Mahomes. That's all I would have changed. That's, okay. I, yeah. that's fair
1: we're off by one
2: that's fair off by one. where would you put burrow uh, and my thing with burrow is that i i need to see more i need to yeah. see more ah, before okay. i could you know because we we do this thing with rogers and brady like you said we put them in the upper echelon they've been doing it for a long time mm. it, i gotta see more with burrow before i jump them ahead of other guys that have won and have a super bowl ring and, you know, or at least an MVP like mm. Lamar, I got to wait. I got to wait and
0: see. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. Let's go to running backs here. I'll begin. Uh, this was interesting. I had nine teams that I was, that I had on this list that I was, I, I really kind of took all the other teams out of it. And I came up with this list. Number one, uh, and t- unless he gets traded, um, I'm keeping Cleveland at number one. I, I actually put them at the top of the list. Uh, reason being, I just think Nick Chubb is in that, you know, group. If 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 there were no other solid running backs in this group, I think he could still carry it. Um, I, I do think that he is very almost underrated in a way and and not so talked about as those top, top guys. I think he probably does belong in that category. And considering Cleveland's offensive line is, is, is just one of the best in football. So there is that. Add on cream Hunt, Dearness Johnson had a good um, 2021 um, Dimitri Felton, great scat back to throw to. I mean, I think they have a lot of unique players, uh, and I put them there. Number two, Indianapolis. I, I went Jonathan Taylor here, um, and not just Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they do have Naheem Hines, who I think is a very, very serviceable serviceable back. But Jonathan Taylor has proven time and time again that for his size and the athleticism is amazing outside of Henry. I don't think anybody for 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 uh, best bang for your buck in terms of size and speed and agility. Taylor is probably the top notch there, uh, but with Hines back there and with Philip Lindsay now coming and joining that group, I think they, they have a really solid one two three. Then I got to the the uh, the duos and uh, my my three and four. My third, Minnesota. I, I took Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Uh, they are very, very similar. I know you had the Packers ahead of them when we did it. Uh, Packers were an honorable mention for me. Um, but I do think that Dalvin Cook brings, again, another level of uh, agility. Very, very difficult to tackle. And Madison is very similar. He I think he hits harder uh, than, than Cook does um, putting his head down. But Cook obviously has the pass catching ability that I like. And I put your boys in there. I put Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, Denver, number four. And I really like that combination. I think they are very, very quietly one of the best tandems in football. So I had Cleveland number one, Indy number two, Minnesota number three, and the Denver Broncos number four in the running back room.
1: We are shockingly similar. For having 32 you know teams that were here, I, we'll just go right through it. Top two, the same. I, I wow. agree. Cleveland, number one, uh, Indy, number two. Uh, I think Nick Chubb is the most efficient running back in the league. He might, again, yeah. he might not get the most usage and he might not have the most yards, but he had leads usually leads the league or is top of the league in yards per carry um, and can really do it in all facets of the game. Like he can, he can pass block, he can run up the middle, outside zone. He's efficient in the red zone, can catch the ball. Like he can do everything. So I think Nick Chubb, like you said, one of the most underrated, like should be talked about much more. Kind of packaged into that duo situation there, uh, along with as long as Green Hunt stays on the team, just a perfect, you know, tandem there. Uh, Indianapolis, JT, and then Naeem Hines is essentially a wide receiver himself. Oddly enough, again, you said it. I have Green Bay right where you had Minnesota. I, so I, I, like, so funny. I just I like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I think that those guys that might be one of the that's just as good of a compliment as Aaron Jones and as a, as Hunt and, and Chubb are, or Jones and Dillon. Wow, I think okay. that they. I just think that they complement each other in such good ways. Uh, Aaron Jones, just really, really good outside zone and catching the ball. And A.J. Dillon is, is on his way up. As, I mean, as far as running between the tackles, so good. and So good in short charges situations. And Denver, I was, I'm happy to give them the <laughs> respect because we had two guys that rushed for 900 yards last year. I mean, mm-hmm. two running backs that are just really good at what they do uh melvin gordon is just always a touchdown maker i mean no matter what the guy finds the end zone so i think last year he got a little more use than javante did because it was javante's rookie year but after the numbers he's set in like leading the league and broken tackles and, and yards after contact i mean he's poised for a very big season so they went maybe from 55 45 in favor of melvin last year and i think it'll just be 55 for javante now and and yeah. Melvin will be a big part of the offense so that's what hackett's even come out and said it in camp so that's very funny that – I mean, out of all those teams, we are we like right there.
0: We were dead on there, and I knew Green Bay was going to be in your list because I'm like, well, if I have Minnesota, he's got to that That's hilarious. It right. is really, really funny. And and don't sleep on uh, their third-string guy, Kylan Hill, who's going to be – he really was developmental last year. He was a good player at Mississippi State two years ago, so he could, he could get a, a, an expanded role. But I, I think Javante Williams really has he's, the ability – Special. Very, very difficult to bring down. His legs are really strong, always turning him, As you said, yards after contact. This was him coming out of college. Just watch the tape in college, and he's the same in the NFL. He's the exact same. It's incredible how he transitioned so easily.
1: And for a team who did not really throw at all to the running back last year to now mm-hmm. bring, in, again, bring in a guy like Hackett from Green Bay, where they clearly know how to throw to the running back. I mean, I think that's a part of his game that is now going to shine this season. And it, it, I think he's going to be special. Mm-hmm. You might hear him on next week's
0: show. Oh, oh fantasy football extravaganza teaser. Uh honorable mentions. I took Tennessee, Dallas. I did put them in there, Green Bay, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then the two teams out west, uh LA and uh and 49ers.
1: Yeah, I had I get Minnesota, Dallas, Carolina. When he's on the field, he's okay. the best running back in the league. And then again, yeah. we really like Hubbard, did a great job filling in last year. And Again, we, we mentioned that the underrated signing of Deonta Foreman, who, who played really well in Tennessee. So, I mean, they've got three pretty solid backs there in Carolina. So, honorable mention for them. Um, I guess, yeah, I should I should have – I would put the Rams on there again over um, – did you say you had the, the Chargers on there? Well?
0: I, I, uh, Rams or, and 49ers.
1: 49ers, okay. Yeah, I, I would have the Rams on there, 49ers, 49ers. That's just a mosh pit of running backs.
0: Yeah. They just do it better than the scheme. Right. Uh, worst team?
1: Oh wait! I ha- oh Texans, definitely Texans. Texans. easily yeah, for, Texans. for sure.
0: Best best list of names from the 2016 Houston Texans
1: would have been a, the most unreal room in 14. Would have been just a <laughs> crazy room in 14.
0: Marlon Mack and Rex Barkhead and Marking like it's it's ridiculous. Royce Freeman or Royce Freeman. That's what it is. Yeah, ridiculous, <laughs> totally <laughs> ridiculous. Let's get to a fun one here. Uh, pass catchers. This is interesting. I actually okay. did a rating system on this one. I took the one, two, three, four. I took seven teams, and I rated them uh, one, twos, threes, fours, and fives, and tight ends, and then created a list, and it turned out to be this. So I, I did it by the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. So It
1: seems like you you kind of came up with an algorithm there. Uh, for this. so you kind I, of... made
0: a model. I, mean.
1: I made a model. Danny's, I made a model. Uh <laughs> We'll kick it off here. I guess uh, it is my turn to go first as much as I'm excited to get to the algorithm. Number one here. Uh, i I put Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati at number one. I think that they've got three guys. I mean, Jamar Chase, again, I, I might've had a little bit of my doubts as much as I was all over the place in Jamar Chase. I was against you as far as I thought he was the right pick for the draft. Then I said that he was not going to be the number one receiver on the Bengals. I thought Higgins was going to be better, but in this case scenario, I get to count both of them. So having Chase and Higgins on the same team doing, uh, you know, being both very explosive players, uh, along with the guy Tyler Boyd, who just gets to work underneath and do what he does. And Hayden Hurst comes in at tight end this year. I think that they've got a really solid room of weapons there. Number two is a team that again is getting a facelift after a big offseason deal, and I- I'm gonna have Vegas number two. I, I think that having Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller, that is three really solid weapons. I mean, three guys that if they want to throw the ball enough could all have like 100 catches at least 100 targets so they're all they've all done it at, at waller hasn't hit quite that number but two receivers at 100 and a tight end at 80 receptions i mean not crazy if mcdaniels wants to throw that ball the ball you know that much this year i did have a boost in my rankings from when we originally did it because of oh. some improving news and i will have tampa bay at the third spot as you have corrected me in my thinking that godwin is going to be out to like week 10, 12 like I was originally thinking. <laughs> so I mean Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, there's not much else to say those two guys are insanely good insanely good one two punch there um, along with some of the other pieces that they have in the room with Perriman and uh, can fill in the other spots. this one I you're gonna hate me here. you're gonna hate me. It's Miami. Yeah, I like Miami you. I hate
0: you.
1: <laughs> Tyree Hill, Jalen Waddle, ignore the quarterback. Tyreek Kill, Jalen Waddle. They bring in Cedric Wilson as another – in one of those signings and one of those free agent moves I think people maybe are sleeping on a little bit. Cedric Wilson, a very good receiver, along with Mike Kosicki, who's been very good in his time in Miami. So that's four really solid, legitimate weapons out there. So I, I will have Miami number four. here. Go ahead and prove me wrong.
0: That's a theme of Miami Dolphins' here. Ignore the quarterback. That's the whole theme of the season. Goodness. Um, mine is a little different. I had we had matched up on two teams, so we had two teams the same. Uh, number one, Vegas Raiders. Um, they were number one on this list. Devontae Adams, that just boosts it right there, adding him with Durant from Darren Waller, like you said. But I do really like their secondary guys. I like Matt Collins, I like Keelan Cole, I like Demarcus Robinson, I like all of those guys. If you're giving those guys, is put your order of three, four, five. I think that's the best three, four, five to match up with ones and twos because the other teams here all have good ones and twos. I mean, like they're all really good. And you're going to split hairs. And then most of these other teams that I have on this list do not have an elite tight end. And Darren Waller is that elite tight end? And Foster Moreau is not a bad tight end either. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of weapons here. They are deep. I'm looking for depth. That's what we've talked about this whole time. I do not like teams that have one or two guys that are really, really good and have nothing behind them. I just don't like that because that does not mean that they're going to survive injuries because injuries happen. So Vegas, I think, is the most equipped um, to certainly have a big offensive year. Number two, the tampa bay buccaneers that's where i have them i have mike evans chris godwin as you said julio is really not really a number three i would put him maybe run like a number four i guess to russell gage um because i think their roles are very different he's like the secondary x receiver to mike evans but again brady will really work with him i hope they can save his legs I, I hope he doesn't really have to do much in the beginning of the year um, Tyler Johnson, and now I think adding Kyle Rudolph also made me a lot more comfortable putting them at this position because Ky- Cameron Bray by himself, that's a little more iffy. Kyle Rudolph still has gas in the tank, I think, even though he's 33 years old, but he is a he's a veteran, and tight ends typically play better later into their careers as well. So I, I do like this group, and I think obviously with adding Tom Brady in there is great, but I'm trying to separate that out. I had the Rams number three. And this was interesting. I put Cooper Cup. Obviously, I gave him a lot of you know weight on this. But having Allen Robinson, I think that might be the most underrated signing of the whole offseason. I think people are really not talking about that enough and how good Allen Robinson is. He is a number one wide receiver. Like, uh, no question. He is a number one wide receiver on most teams. Not here, obviously, because Cup is so, so difficult to cover. But um, I, I like him. I know you love Van Jefferson a lot. Um, And I think that he is a really solid three. Uh, Even guys like Ben Skoranek, who are kind of like not really talked about, taller, bigger kind of receiver. Higby and Kendall Blanton playing tight end. Tutu Atwell with some speed. I think that they need to be looked at more respectfully um, in in this group. And number four, maybe we are just super, super into this team. Um, At least I am, and that's maybe why I have them here. I have the Philadelphia Eagles number four on my list. And the reason being, I love A.J. Brown. I love A.J. Brown. I think he's a great receiver, and I love Devontae Smith. I think A.J. Brown, um, in, in terms of, you know, I think he underrated explosiveness, no question, Devontae Smith is only going to get better and better with Hurts with being there. And I know they're not necessarily a throwing team, but I look at depth. And when I look at the threes, fours, and fives, they have guys and they have really up to sixes that they can go deep. Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, Zach Pascal. And then, you know, Dallas Goddard. Uh, if I'm in my, I'm in my, um in my pass catchers category with these seven teams outside of the Raiders, Dallas Goddard's the next best tight end. Uh, and, and he's to me, probably a top five tight end in the league. I think you can argue that at this point, he's been that efficient when you look at his numbers. So he puts me over the top with that, and having such—I think they're really underrated. I really, really do. Um, my honorable mentions—I can actually give you rankings for them since I did do a models. I had Miami right after that. I had Cincinnati after that, and then Minnesota was my last team. So I—I I, that's where I was at. But number one, Raiders, Bucks, Rams, and then Eagles at four.
1: All right, I'm glad you're not too far off on of Miami. I wasn't sure if I was like out of left field with that one, but I was just no. kind of like, I mean, jeez, they've really made a lot of signings. Um I I think uh, the Chargers, I I that's a team I actually kind of almost wanted to get on this list. The Chargers, mm-hmm. I felt like we're right outside, but then I also felt like if I was going to put a team over Miami, it would have been the Rams. Um they were they were right outside that list, but again, I felt like the Chargers again with with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Palmer. Um they've they've got some they've got some pieces there as well, so all right. All right. We're not too far off there again. We're all, we're, you know, we're staying pretty in touch.
0: Would you say the combination of Cooper cup and Allen Robinson is a better combination than Higgins and chase and waddle and Hill? where, where would you I, th- I feel though? like it, it's, it's right there
1: with Higgins and chase again, we're talking about guys that are in their second and third seasons, you know what I mean? Versus <clears throat> guys in Cooper and, and, um, Robinson that clearly, but you know, they've been around a little while, and then it's hard to weigh what Tyreek Hill is going to be in Miami, I guess. Uh, but again, but on his own, on his own, I get as far as just metrics winning routes against man and press. I mean, he's, he's he wins his routes. It's gonna be a matter if the yeah. quarterback can get him the ball, like he, he's yeah. he's got the skill on his own,
0: yeah. There's no question about that, and I, I think it, he may be more dependent on his quarterback than anybody else and, and what he is because I mean, Cooper Cup. You look at him. He's he plays the same exact position. He's not as fast as Tyreek Kill. He's probably not as good as a cutter and a route runner, but he just is unbelievable route runner and getting open. and And certainly not maybe as explosive. But I mean, when you catch that many balls and you have that many yards, it's it's hard to have me put him outside of the top three receivers in the league. He's just a baller. He's That's a the only way you could say it. He's a bad man. That's what he is. Uh here we go. Defenses, man. This one. This, this, one st-
1: a- I, this one stinks. Just I I just it's just so. Hey, all right. I'm just going to literally rattle it through. I, I don't think I can do too much explaining of anything. I, I think we both talked ourselves into New Orleans might be the best defense in the NFL this year. Mm. I think, I think I have New Orleans number one. I think that they've. They've done it plenty of years. Their secondary is loaded. They're deep at every position. We said, I mean, maybe a little bit less on the defensive line itself. And we said how that defensive line outside of Cameron Jordan might not have names, but they have always got that job done as a unit, as a pass rushing unit uh, across that line. Demario Davis in the middle. They bring in Tyron Matthew. I mean, they are absolutely stacked on defense this year. They will be a team that is going to be running the ball, protecting the ball on offense, and and playing good defense to, to get some wins. Number two, I, I've got San Francisco here. Okay. San Francisco is number two. Number three, I have Philadelphia.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay.
1: And number four, I have Denver. I'm going to sneak down.
0: Here. I am stunned. I am stunned that you left this team off. I really am. The Rams? No. We we literally loved this team when we did
1: it. Oh man, I see that's like there was some. oh freaking Baltimore. Baltimore. All right, I, I know. I you know, it's not even on my it's
0: not even on the list. Uh, it's
1: it's not I didn't get as good. I you know I didn't I didn't get in as deep into it as I need to. Defense defense overwhelmed me with how it much is. I was gonna have to look at. Defense overwhelmed me when I had it, to make
0: this. T- it's it took me a good long while. I, I did the rating system, uh, a rating system for defense as well. Um and made one up. And I had the Saints the highest rated secondary, no question. Uh, but they didn't make my list. Wow. And and I was kind of surprised by that. Baltimore was number one on my list because they were stacked in the secondary and stacked on the deal line. Just absolutely just like seven, eight guys deep that just were dominant. Like really. Really solid guys here that are going to play this year, plus having you know Patrick Queen in the middle. But I mean, you look at their secondary. I mean, it is Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Fuller, Culture Clark, Marcus Williams. They draft Kyle Hamilton, they draft the Armor Davis kid out of Alabama, who was really good. I mean, they are deep, deep Tony Jefferson. They're a lot, a lot of guys. So I'm really a huge fan of this team. And they get Michael Pierce back now to come back to their, their defensive line. Like they're just coached so well, and I think that they're really, really going to thrive. Um, I have the Chargers, number two, the Los Angeles Chargers. And the reason being, I love their defensive front. Uh, I didn't realize how deep it really was. Uh, I do think that they have a lot of pass rush, a lot of veterans here. Mac and Bosa, again, like, you know, I don't know if I would consider them to any more Really, they're definitely at one time were elite. I would say they're in the category of very good now. Um, they just haven't been healthy or as productive as they once were. But still, when you go across the bar, board with Sebastian Joseph Day, Jerry Tillery, uh, they bring Kyle Van Noyen, I mean, Chris Covington. They got a lot here. And then they're they I mean, you look at their secondary. The the starters are just ridiculous with with J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel, Bryce Callahan, Derwin James, Mr. Adderley. They're just that across the board did enough for me to say, okay, this is a really, really good defense. And it just ranked really well and highly. Uh, I had the Eagles number three, and I know we were very, very high on the Eagles. Um, And the reason being is because I think I value defensive line the most. And I think that if I was going to take a trait between secondary and defensive line, because the team on the, that is number four, uh, I had h- higher ranked secondary, but not as high ranked defensive line because the Eagles with Graham and Barnett on the outside now adding Hassan Reddick, and now you got Hargraves and Cox in the middle. That is very, very dangerous. Jordan Davis, obviously, go ahead. What, what do you want to I was say? To say
1: we, one thing we didn't mention with Camp Noise the best video of the week had to be Jordan Davis <laughs> just dominating one of the best centers in the league, making him get on, on bunny hop, bunny hop backwards, and just shove Kelsey or, uh, shove him back like there's like unbelievable unbelievable video of jordan davis just being a too big of a man
0: he forklifted him and i love like i love the back and forth between the o-line d-line like spats that were going on in the comments on that like video was hilarious because the o-line guys are like he had him for three seconds, you know. Like he, a quarterback's, a quarterback's ball was out by then. Ball one. It's just like, dude, that guy just got himself freaking pounded. The pocket was blown like, up, buddy. Yeah, it's tough. Like, interior pressure. Um, so yeah, Philly. And then you add in, you know, like Bradbury, Slay, and Avante. I, I think Kazir White is a guy we got to talk about as as being better as a linebacker. I did have your Broncos as number four, though. I did have them there because I had the Chargers ranked ahead of them in our rankings. And uh, they all were very, very close and similar. But I, I look at that secondary. Sertan and Darby. And then um, having Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons, who Justin Simmons, I think, is a top two or three safety in the league. Um, Kwan Williams, another guy. I love that they added DJ Jones on the D-line from San Francisco. I think that is a really, really great replacement for Shelby Harris, um, who they lost. So um, it's an upgrade to me. And then um, with, obviously, Chubb and Gregory, I love Nick Benito, the kid they drafted out of Oklahoma, high-motor D-end guy that I'm really going to like there. Wasn't crazy about their um, their linebacking core, it's, but it, it's, it's a little much to be desired. They're serviceable players, but Denver's right up there with the best of the best. Um, in my model that I made, I actually had Tampa ahead of New Orleans. Uh, which was crazy to me. And I'm like, do I really? I don't really think that, though. I do think I, I don't give enough credit. Like we said, New Orleans is front seven camaraderie.
1: I, I think we got to tweak the model. I think we got to tweak the model a little model bit. Because the way we were speaking about New Orleans during the season is not reflected in the model. And I think yeah. that we got to tweak the model a little bit. But I like the list. It's
0: a good list. It's a good list. Uh, so. I, can't,
1: I can't. I I just scanned right over Baltimore. That's called me out Un- on. That one. I just I, I just I over I over looked right over the top.
0: Unbelievable that that James happens.
1: Winston before the LASIK didn't see the line, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just throwing blur balls downfield and completing them. Uh, Tampa, New Orleans, Buffalo, after that, mm-hmm. Green Bay, San Francisco. That's where I was.
1: Uh, yeah, like I said, LA just off my list. Uh, Indianapolis, I think another team again, okay. more team defense than like talent all over the place. Um, still have guys like, like you know, Leonard back there. and, so but yeah, I'm so flustered I left Baltimore on my list now
0: <laughs> i am stunned i won't make it.
1: i won't make them yeah, that one that was the hardest one that was the hardest one
0: that was definitely a hard one no
1: question' Yeah, all right, you get to take oh you get to take the reins on this one now
0: can I just say number one real Go ahead. On
1: proceed this is
0: this is you know we're, we're just i don't i don't care about fantasy football at all i don't, I don't care like i just i just don't care you know it's it's it, we're, we're here when football games guys New England Patriots.
1: Uh, one. Uh, you could read it on the my the my face or the the, the big bird, the tweet bird. I mean, whatever it is, you know, it's where we're number one over here.
0: Snap face, <laughs> snap, snap face. face, number one. Uh, what is are one. <laughs> football, Yep. Patriots number one, no question. Okay. Uh, pa- Patriots number one. Uh, Belichick rules all. You know what's crazy about the Patriots offseason? Is I don't know if you've read anything about their Mm. offensive the offensive
1: coordinator position that doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, that doesn't exist. You realize what they're doing is they are changing their whole run scheme to the Kyle Shanahan offense.
1: I all I've heard is that Mac Jones has been frustrated with the blocking because I think because there's changes,
0: they don't know how to block his own run scheme, they're they're they're, it's a gap run scheme team. And they're, they're trying to run Kyle Shanahan's offense. And they're really having a tough time about it right, right now. But, you know, David Andrews is pissed. Jones is really pissed. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, heard, I literally heard abject failure. And we're like 10 days into camp. So, <laughs> I love Boston journalists. I just, I love them. Um, number two, the guy who Belichick is trying to run, Kyle Shanahan. No question. Uh, San Francisco McVay number three Los Angeles Rams also adding in the fact that he has Raheem Morris as a defensive coordinator I think really helps him a lot because that guy should really be a head coach and uh our reigning coach of the year is number four Mike Vrabel Tennessee Titans that's my list
1: okay okay I have a little different list okay number one here I just, again, I think I think this just makes sense with the two coaches running each side of the the two sides of the football. I have Tampa Bay. I think I think having Todd Bowles run the defense and Byron Leffitts run the offense is, is I, again, it feels like, yes, Bowles is the the HC now instead of just the DC. But I, I still think that I feel like the relationship should be very similar. Um, you know, he's going to have a few more overall in-game decisions to make, Todd Bowles will, than, you know, than before. But I just think that the pairing of those two uh, running that team just makes perfect sense. And we cannot count Brady into the coaching category as much as you would like to. Uh, number
0: oh, come two, come on, you have to.
1: <laughs> number two, same as you, Kyle Shanahan, the man that we all honor and praise in the show as being <laughs> the boy wonder and the boy genius. Uh, when it comes, to especially calling offense. Number three, I have Kansas City. I just, Andy I again, I, I think Andy Reid. I think the whole room, Andy Reid, Beany, I mean, you get three guys. You know, the enemy I thought would have been long gone for another head coaching job by now. So the fact that you keep him in there um, as well as Spagnuolo, who has head coaching experiences past, but he's better off just sticking with this DC role. I think for sure. I think he's better fitted for that. Uh, and number four, I have to give it to Bill, but
0: at least I have, leave him give off off bill. I have to give
1: him the bill. I know because you would scream, but Baltimore, I, I will say again, that that was, that's right there. I was kind of between putting Baltimore over Kansas city and just leaving bill four, but Baltimore with with Harbaugh and, and Greg Roman, um, you know, again, that again, take, taking the whole room into effect there. Uh, I think they just deserve an honorable mention right on the tail end of my list there. So.
0: And, and a great replacement of Mike Martindale with Mike McDonald coming yeah. back from Michigan after being with the Ravens for a long time. Uh, good replacement there. I did have Baltimore, uh, the honorable mentions, Kansas City, Pittsburgh was also on my honorable mentions list.
1: <laughs> Can't forget the man who just loves being a dog.
0: He loves that that dog, Mike Tomlin dog show. I love it. It's my favorite. It's my favorite bet to bet on every year.
1: Okay. I thought, I really thought our lists were going to be way more off base. And again, uh, we were very close. I mean, very close to a mind meld there on, on running backs. We were And, 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 and pretty close on wide receivers.
0: Coaches too. We had two, two of the same coaches. We had Yeah, all, of, all of three run three Qu- backs.
1: quarterbacks I knew was just two
0: quarterbacks is a two is
1: too preferential. We can't. There's no way of you know those three and four I knew just weren't going to be the same.
0: No, never, never. But where do you put McVay on this list? I mean, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. I mean, you know, he, he, it's he's hard for on, me to hard for me to not separate him from Shanahan. You know?
1: Yeah, he's honorable mention. I had him just in the outside as well. I, I would say if I had anything, he'd be yeah maybe sixth, I guess. Mm-hmm. But again, I just. His his OCs just keep leaving again head coaching jobs so it's like again if I'm trying to take into account the whole room and the whole package, then you know that, that makes it hard to hard to count on.
0: People are telling me that this new OC Liam Cohen will be a head coach next year without
1: question. <laughs> I doesn't make it doesn't surprise me because it happens every year. They, <laughs> they just won't coach one season behind McVay or Shanahan and you can get a head coaching job.
0: But Liam Cohen is the best offensive coordinator that Sean Ruby has ever had. That's what I have heard.
1: Of course, of course. It's camp noise. There's camp. That's
0: close. camp noise right there. We didn't do our honorable mentions for worst pass catching room. No. I think it has to be the Bears.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it has to be the Bears for sure. Okay. Hey, borderline, as far as a, a team that's actually good that has the worst pass catching room, we could say it's Baltimore. I mean, if, if Mark Andrews yeah. is in there, if Mark Andrews is in there, it's like in consideration for like a team that legit has playoff chances. That is. Like bottom five in receiver.
0: Or or the Colts.
1: Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Don't you discount Paris Campbell. There's been good reports for the fifth year in a row that Paris Campbell looks electric. <laughs> and someone's going to take him in the 12th round of the fantasy draft.
0: What is the difference between Darnell Mooney leading a bad group of receivers and Michael Pittman leading a grand group of receivers? That's what I want to know.
1: Don't you disgrace Michael Pittman Jr. like that compared to Darnell? I like Darnell Moody, but he's no Michael Pittman Jr.
0: I'm just saying. Uh defenses.
1: Honorable mention, worst defense. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta. Can- <laughs> that was my can-, 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 can lead another category here.
0: Houston. Atlanta.
1: Too. Houston-, Houston has a really Houston, I think, is one of those ones I you could look at their defense. You could legitimately look at their defensive depth chart and be like, I don't know a single player.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I did. and yeah. I, I, I,
1: <laughs> I can confirm. It it didn't, know, didn't really. Did, I think that guy went, where did he go to college? Penn State? Eh, I don't know.
0: I, I know they got uh, the, the Stingley kid in the first round. <laughs> That's oh. what I know.
1: Yeah, it's tough when you only know the people that we just did a bunch of research <laughs> on for the draft.
0: <laughs> it's pretty bad down there. Uh, coaches. cool. Oh. Lou has got to have a good one here. What's the worst coach?
1: Oh, I gotta, th- I gotta think about this one.
0: Worst coach? Yeah, worst. Bill Belichick. Oh, stop.
1: <laughs> Dan, I think I might know. Not, not yours. least liked.
0: Worst. Do you think I might? You know, you might know mine. What is mine? I'm trying. I have to. I have to go back. Worst I'm coach. Thinking.
2: I honestly have no the, idea. The the
1: prom king.
0: Yeah, prom king. <laughs> the
1: prom king. <laughs> That's Tom Kingsbury is pretty bad. I'm looking again. I have all my notes in front of me from earlier, and I'm looking at all my fours as far as it got to be someone who's a four in the division. And I go, well, everybody else who put it in four was pretty much a rookie head coach. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and that man is not a rookie head coach. He's been no. doing it for a couple of years and has failed many, many times. Uh, and then the only other one, again, if we if we want to discount the other coaches in the room, Mike McCarthy and Dallas.
0: I was just gonna say that too. But again,
1: we we like I like the off the OC the DC team.
0: And I hate them. So I'm putting my put them
1: put them 32.
0: I hate more. I I like Dan Quinn, but I do not like Killing Moore. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. What's a team that we're completely thinking like we're not putting on a list that we should? Like let's say the most underrated team that we're overlooking is who? Were
1: we overlooking? We gave the Raiders love in the wide receiver category. I mean, the Raiders are, are I feel like a team that are, are ready to take a bump. Um, no, Packers, we had a couple times. Rams, I gave enough respect to Matt Stafford for the both of us. So I think that's okay. Um,
0: I don't know, man. I'm looking up and down. Team the, that the made. Vikings, the Vikings,
1: the Vikings didn't really. Well, Vikings, had the Vikings, I had well, them in had my the running twice. backs.
0: I had my Vikings in my. No, just once. I An honorable mention
1: them. on the wide receiver. And we really yeah. like the Vikings. We do like the um, and We also, outside of the defense, we didn't. Well, now you gave Philly on the on the wide receivers too. Hmm.
0: I mean, there's no category that could put this team in like in the top four. But I think just overall as a team, I do think that people are really sleeping. And maybe this is a con- maybe this is a very public contrarian pick, if you will. I'll put it that way. Uh, Detroit Lions. Are we overlooking them in any way, just as a team.
1: Uh, You know, and I got some film to watch at Hard Knocks right after we get off this episode, so I'm going to let you know. And and guess what? It's only going to go. If you like the role. watch, it's too late. now. It's too late, because guess what? Anything you liked about the Lions is about to be overpriced for fantasy, for betting purposes, because everybody's going to see a third stringer that has a really good story, and (laughs) next thing you know, that means they're going to win 10 games.
0: How many people are drafting Amon Ra St. Brown the second round?
1: uh, I was going to say, I'm like, like, we're definitely drafting Amon Ra St. Brown, but (laughs) I a little too rich.
0: We're gonna see. Hey, that boy, good. That's what they're gonna say. Sun god.
1: The sun god.
0: (laughs) The sun god. It's amazing. Um, Lewis, you got a narrative for the NFL? No.
2: can we get through preseason first before you <laughs> yes. start making narrative? No, we'll say. <laughs> we'll say. We'll the, the-, the Lions are still going to suck, all right?
0: <laughs> wow, I don't like that. I don't like
2: that narrative. Come on, you, the Lions. What are we talking about? Because you're going to watch my hard knocks. You're going to hey. get excited. You're going to get ahead of yourself. And we're going to have Jared Goff still stinking it up, all right? It- and I, I like some of their young guys, but it, that's a tough division.
0: If we don't if we don't have at least one when we do our prediction show, if we don't have at least one team that goes worst to first, we're gonna be wrong. So we need a worst to first team, and that's a pretty good candidate. Worst to
1: first in the division? That can yeah. happen.
0: Yeah. Worst yeah. to first. We need not it. That, not yeah. that division. Worst to first. Worst to first has happened, what, seven years in a row? Something like that. Okay. I mean that we've had, we need one. I don't know who it's going to be. I have a couple teams in my head that I might pick to win that division, pick to win a division that no one else is. Just a thought.
1: Oh, actually, I have an easy one.
0: Oh, uh, don't say Denver. Yeah. Okay. We're we're, we're that's why we're having the show in three weeks so you can think about that,
1: <laughs> like it settled down a
0: little bit. Let's that's ride. Fun. Let's <laughs> <run>. <laughs> Oh, it's so actually, important.
1: I actually did think about that earlier this year. I have a sign off for the show now. I, I didn't. I have never had a sign off the show. I usually let that take it. I got to sign off for the show now.
0: I, I think that needs to be like the cold open to our picks. Let's ride. Let's go. I love it. That's that's so good. Uh, Matt, get your pens and pads out next week. It might be our favorite show, that NFL draft show, but this one is really really good. Fantasy football extravaganza next week. Matty Ice is. Golden Domer, just list upon list upon list that we are going to break down. Ask you questions about fantasy. And I'm, I'm going through. I'm just going to grill you on why you have certain guys, certain places. He's going to rank them all like he does every year.
1: Yeah, I'm getting together. and am getting together with the extravagant producer Lewis Pericone this week. We're going to sit down. We're definitely going to. We're going to get a little deep dive. He's my he's my other fantasy mind here that I mm-hmm. like to bounce things off of. So. Think we're going to get together this week, and we're really going to, really going to fine tune this list. We're really going to try and highlight again some value, some draft strategy. You know, we might have a little. I'm thinking about maybe coming up a little like list of. Five. I had a little list of five, a little list of ten, something like that last year of things to take into your draft. Kind of more mindset or anything because you can't. Again, once the draft starts, your own draft is going to be unique. You got to take it as it comes to you, depending where you get snaked on your position. You know, all this other stuff that can happen. So you got to have a mantra. You got to have a mindset going into it uh, with with a clear head. So we're going to give that all to you next week. Some values, some busts, sleepers. It's just talking fantasy football is one of the best. It Before the season starts and before you draft might be the best part of fantasy football season, if we're being honest. You're not because wrong. hope springs eternal, and it's all just theory, and it's all just projections, <laughs> and it's all just like it, it's you're putting your chips. You're at the roulette table, and there's a bunch of different things, and you're deciding what number you're putting your chip on. And more than likely, you're not going to win.
0: As you know, the commissioner. As, as I know. <laughs> it's great. It's my favorite thing because Matt gets himself all hyped up and as the commissioner and just has not won the league yet.
1: Oh, great. I just had to go get another nameplate, put it on the trophy that was not my own.
0: <laughs> Me and Lou have won. I'm just waiting on that commission to finish it off. One day,
2: one day you can <laughs> hang out with us at the cool kid table.
1: One day I'll get into the winner's lounge. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's nice. There's cigars. It's nice. They
1: it's free bo- Coke bottle machine.
0: service and everything.
1: The Coke machine's free. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Lord. We're going to have a couple Coke machines to talk about, I'm sure, at quarterback one, of, in, one next week, maybe. Some underrated guys. Who knows? Uh, for Maddie Ice, Matty C. Matt Silberth, and for our beloved and esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone. I am Dan Zabano. We'll see you next week. Until then, let's ride. That's, That's right. Card. That's right. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Sunday Card. The Sunday Card podcast is co hosted and directed by Dan Zimpano, co hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at SportsCountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.